Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Ryan, I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by one of our Spokes experts again today, uh, one that we've had on a couple of times before and we've had uh, many times within our Facebook groups, uh, Alan Heary. How are you doing my friend? Do you know what Pav, I'm just brilliant, thanks. Uh, Fan- things are great. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, listeners, if you have uh, if you don't know who Alan is, first of all, where have you been hiding? Uh, Alan is recognized as uh, one of the top mental skills coaches in the world of sport. He has worked with many world champions, Olympians and top professionals. His clients have included sports stars like Steve Collins, who's a former world super middleweight champion, Kieran Power, a double Olympian and double Raj winner, uh, Ryan Mullen, who's a Trek Segafredo rider, and Alan is currently working and traveling with the Evo Pro Racing Cycling Team. Uh, Alan himself has competed in the race across America as part of a team and is the founder of one of the toughest bike races in the world, Race Around Ireland. Uh, one of my clients is actually going to do that next year. I think you might um, you might know him, Matt Seward. Al, he's, oh, uh, wow. Uh, he he won the Transatlantic Way this year. Um, oh, but, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> just to finish this introduction before I get too distracted, Alan also works with, uh, regularly with companies such as Microsoft and Heineken to develop high-performance teams and mental toughness. Alan, uh, you're doing well, mate, and uh, we, we thank you very much for joining us. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that introduction? Gosh, you know what? That, that sounded like a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to add a whole lot to it. Yeah, you know, I've had a, a brilliant career and uh, things are going well. Um, what I love about what I do is I'm never quite sure who I'm going to be working with from one week to the next. So yesterday I was working with a young guy who's uh, had an opportunity now. He's flying over to Asia tomorrow to compete over there in Formula 4 racing. And it looks like he, you know, that they're touting him as the next star in in motor racing so it's fantastic yeah I, I just love it obviously cycling is my passion as you mentioned uh, race around ireland and then been very lucky to be able to compete in events like uh, race across america so I, I love anything that's a big challenge or that sounds tough in any way so yeah it's great thanks for that Fantastic. And uh, listeners, we're going to be talking uh, about mastering motivation, as you probably gathered from the title of the podcast. Uh, What we're going to give you is, of course, uh, the lowdown on what motivation actually is and why it is so important, but also talk about the common problems and uh, uh, whether it's best to be proactive and maintain motivation or be more reactive and uh, wait for motivation to drop off. Uh, We'll give you some simple tips and some uh, uh, what happens if and when you lose interest and uh, We'll finish with a nice challenge that uh, we will open up to you to to, to be able to, to do either on your own or within uh, our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group. So, Alan, let's jump straight in, mate. What the heck is motivation and where does it even come from? Well, motivation is really described as a, it's a mental process that gets us through training um, to allow us to achieve goals. Simply put, that's, that's what it is. There's two types of motivation. You've got intrinsic motivation and extrinsic. So intrinsic is when you're doing something just because you love it. You know, you, you do, you, you get on your bike, you just love getting on your bike, you love the feel, uh, you love the achievement. Uh, that's intrinsic motivation. And then extrinsic motivation, some people are more motivated by external forces, uh, picking up a medal or a certificate or a photo in a certain place. So that's more of a, an extrinsic uh, motivation. Now, interestingly, the research shows people who are more intrinsically motivated have a tendency to stay at something a little bit longer. 
Um, but it's funny because, you know, motivation is one of my favorite topics, but I always start the conversation off with people by saying motivation gets you started, but actually habits create success. And if you take away one thing from this entire um, chat, it'll be that. So motivation gets you started, but habits create success. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that, I think, uh, as we go on, you know. Fantastic. Uh, it's actually really good to listen to you. I know it's funny because we've, uh, for the listeners, uh, you, we should go back and we're going to mention Tim Lockamy. He was a, a guy who... Uh, um, who came on on, on bespoke? He's a, Al. He's actually a, he's a, a well uh, well known sort of wellness uh, uh, expert over here in the states, and he has his own podcast, uh, A Path to Contentment. And uh, it's it's funny actually. We didn't mention motivation in terms of uh, intrinsic extrinsic uh, factor, but actually we what we talked about was the comparisons uh, and how a positive comparison is where you're comparing yourself uh, against how you should be doing, and then a negative comparison can form when you. You start to uh, to look at other people, and uh, it's quite funny. I just I just had that moment there where I clicked, and uh, uh, and it's uh, it's very interesting how like we can we can kind of get lost or, or too too uh, absorbed in what other people are doing, isn't that right, Al? I think it's hundred percent. You know, one of the old things that we used to say oh years ago when people were looking to lose weight because I owned a gym for four years and I did a lot of personal training and a lot of work in the fitness industry. And so when we were doing, uh, looking at weight loss and we were saying, all right, to motivate yourself, what you do is you get images of what you want to be or who you want to be, and you attach it to your fridge. So you put it up in the fridge and you do that. But actually what works really, really well is putting photos up of achievements that you've had in the past. Or, you know, if you were, if you, if you cycled a certain distance and you have a photo of you doing that, you put that up. So it motivates you to see what you can achieve much more sometimes than it does just to look at what other people have achieved. And so you're always looking at yourself and comparing you to you and how well you're doing in comparison to what you were doing. So it's, it's that level of motivation or, or that level of uh, thinking that makes us more motivated. Fantastic. And I mean, it's an obvious question here, but I, I guess uh, one of the, the, the common problems for me, and this is coming from me personally, is that when you lose motivation, you don't have the drive to want it back neither. So it becomes something that you don't care about. It's like if you, you, start a, you start a project or a challenge or anything like that, and you're highly motivated for it, if that motivation disappears, uh, it's, you, you haven't got that will. You don't want it back. I mean, in some circumstances. So how can you explain that? Okay, so uh, I mentioned that I owned a gym. We made money in gyms. And if you look at gyms now, they're packed, right? So if you go into your local gym now, you're going to see a lot of people in there, right? And so we make money in gyms uh, from end of September through to first couple of weeks in December. We make money in the gym from third week in January through to about the end of April. And so what happens is uh, people get into their head every year that they're going to start this new training plan. And then the, the biggest problem is that they set these outcomes. So you look at it and you have this big plan in your head of what you want to get to. But we always say that when you're making plans, it's great to think big. But if you want to make progress, you got to think small. And so what happens is that when somebody joins a gym or when they start on the bike again and they're looking at next year and the events that they want to do, they become so focused on the outcome that the daily process is lost. And I don't know if you've ever climbed any mountains, but when you're climbing a mountain and you start off, if you keep looking at the top of the mountain, it always seems to get further away. 
Whereas if you focus on the next step and the next step and the next step and taking a moment to stop and look around and enjoy the view and go, wow, this is fantastic. Imagine what it's going to be like from the top. And then you keep moving from that. So the top is always there. So what I would always suggest to people is that it's great to have a big challenge. You should always have big challenges for yourself, something that's going to challenge you and motivate you and inspire you. But at the end of the day, it comes back down to the habits. What habit, what process, and what system are you going to put in place uh, on a daily basis? And so that's the, one of the main reasons that we start, we're highly motivated, and the motivation goes or it drops down because it feels like it's getting further away uh, rather than just focused on the process of doing the little habits that you can do on a, on a daily basis. Can I, can, I give you, can I give you an example from a client um, that I had just to, to emphasize this? I, I got a call one time from a guy who... He, he called me and he said, I hear you like working with people with big challenges. And I said, yeah, I love it. And he goes, right. He says, well, I have one for you. And I said, what's that? And he says, I want to break the world record in the marathon. And I went, well, okay. He says, you do realize what the world record in the marathon is, though. He says, yeah, but I want to do it on crutches. So what? So he wanted to break the world record in the marathon crutches. He had lost his leg. He was coming back into doing a little bit of training. And his goal was to finish the marathon. Um, and so it looks from the outset that we're setting the goal to finish a marathon, to run the marathon. But actually, what I'm really looking for him to do is to set the goal to become a runner. So understand the difference between that. I'm not looking at him to set a goal just to run a marathon. I'm looking at him to set a goal to be a runner. Now, what does a runner do on a daily basis, Pat? What do runners do? Run. Yeah, they get up every day. I was expecting that to be a trick. I was like, is, is there anything well, other than and they do a lot of things, but is. primarily it, what we do is run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pat, Pat <laughs> let me let me just let me tell you what the, the problem is a lot of people have. They complicate things so much. Let's just simplify it. What does a runner do on a daily basis? A runner gets up on a daily basis, puts the gear on, and actually gets out the door and does a little right. bit of a run. So my goal is not to make him to get him to, to run a marathon. My goal is to get him to believe that he can run. And so we set these small little targets of every day, getting up to get out the door to actually be on the crutches. The end product from the training and putting the plan in place is that he runs the marathon. He actually, he ended up not just running it. He ended up um, finishing it well inside the world record time. He did it in crutches on six hours and 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. But again, I just want to emphasize that you think big. So when you're making plans, think big. But when you want to make progress, you think small. And so that's what we're doing is we're looking at the daily habits that you can create. And and again, that's one small little thing just to take away from this. And that will be the difference between people who achieve what they set out to achieve next year. And the ones who start and get going, and then the motivation starts to go, and they wait for this big inspirational moment for motivation to come back. You can't wait for motivation to come and knock on your door. You've got to just create the small, tiny habits on a daily basis that will do it. And I've got a good friend at the moment who um, he was in hospital for a week, and he was really annoyed because he'd been training really well. And training had been going exceptionally well for him. He was into the habit now. And he'd been training for the last few months. Uh, you know, his, his fitness is coming up. And, and it happened that he was in hospital for a week. And he came out and he said, I'm, I'm so concerned because they've said to me now that I need to take uh, two to three weeks 
real easy, like doing nothing in the gym, basically, no heavy stuff in the gym. And he said, I'm concerned because what happens if I lose my drive and I lose my motivation and, and, and I don't get back into it? And so my suggestion to him was that he still goes to the gym. The difference is that all he's doing is he's going in, he's putting on his, uh, his trainers each day, right? So he goes to the gym and at the same time he would normally go to the gym, he puts on his trainers, he goes into the gym, he does the treadmill for five or 10 minutes and he gets back in and he has a shower and he goes home. But why is that so important? What, what's the difference between that? And the, the main difference is that he's still doing the habit because you and I both know that the most difficult part of training is not the actual training, it's the getting to the training. And so if we can keep that small habit going for him, well, then when he gets the green light to go again, he's just adding the exercises back into his training plan. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's common, common sense, but not common practice. And exactly. And that's, that's all we're doing, yeah. yeah. And, and so we're not waiting for motivation. I, I, we're not waiting for you know, him to be suddenly motivated to get back into the gym. That's not what we're doing. We're creating a habit on a daily basis that he gets back into the gym and does a little bit and uh, keeps that habit up. Fantastic. And it's uh, so, I mean, 100% proactive, being proactive with maintaining motivation yep. is, uh, is the way forward then, Al. Absolutely, 100%. And people, when they, they lose motivation, all right, so they talk about this, uh, when we lose motivation, how do we get it back? I think one of the, the, okay, so if we look at a couple of reasons why your motivation might be low, how about we look at that? Uh, one of the reasons that motivation can be low is because you're actually overtraining. And you know as a coach, Pav, right, one of the easiest parts of our job is to make people do more. The hardest part of our job is actually to make people do less sometimes. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, as, as coaches and trainers, we know that for years, right? It's very easy for me to motivate somebody to get them up off their ass and get out, um, but actually not so easy to get them to back off. And so if we understand what can create lower motivation, then we can do things to reverse that or certainly to look out for it. So overtraining, getting completely burnt out. So people come to me and say, oh, you know, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to be just motivated to, to go out and, and, and to, to to get the training going. I'm just really tired. And you can look at your training plan. This is why you set out a plan for somebody. And it's really important that they have their training diary that you can look back on and say, well, no, you actually need to take a step back. Or sleep, you know, look and see if you're getting enough sleep. If you're not getting enough sleep, right? One of the things about motivation is it requires energy. And if you're not getting enough sleep or your diet is terrible, then your motivation is going to start to, to go low. So it's, again, another thing when people start into training plans, our exercise programs, you know, they're gone. Oh, this is it. I'm, I can't wait. I'm raring to go. And then a few weeks later, all of a sudden, they're going, oh, the motivation just isn't there at the moment. It's not there because chances are they've put so much energy and time and effort into the first few weeks that they're actually getting tired and burnt out. And, you know, if the diet doesn't match it, then they're screwed. And then the last one, the last one's looking at why people's motivation can be low is because they're lacking the confidence or courage. So they start to look and go, oh, well, I've done this. I've tried this so many times before and it hasn't worked out for me. And going back to what I said earlier on, the, the main reason for that is fear, right? So they're, they're fearful of starting in case it doesn't work out or fearful that they'll fail. They won't make it to, to be able to do the challenge or, or to get to where they want to be. And fear paralyzes us. 
And the main reason why people feel fear is because, again, they're focused on the big picture. When we feel fear about something, we are focused on this big idea. What happens if we don't get this big idea? So the easiest way to knock fear on the head, to become more courageous, is to become exactly what you're talking about, proactive. What is the one small thing you can do right now that's going to get you closer to where you want to be? That's it right back to the moment. What is the one small thing? And it's that fear of, or the, what creates fear is a lack of control or a loss of control. We, we feel that we've lost that control in, our, in ourselves, in our lives, in our work, in our training. And so we need to be able to get that back. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to change one small thing you can do right now to get you going again. That's it. Fantastic. I actually, that, that's some really, really good... Uh... Uh, ideas coming coming through here uh, we talked about a few uh simple tricks uh to mastering motivation now i mean how how many more have you got i mean i love the i love the idea about actually continuing the routine if you've uh if you've got to have an enforced layoff because i mean i can't think of anybody specifically but i can guarantee that i've had athletes who have gone through hard times and uh maybe that was work has been too busy or they got an injury and uh and you can almost feel that motivation dropping off and uh, actually keeping up that routine even if it's just putting your kit on or maybe getting ready to train and maybe you can't but you do that do that little bit is is really really a cool idea um, but what else could we? What else could we offer the listeners that could uh, um, help them maintain or be proactive with their motivation? Okay, so let's let's take five things. Right, I'm going to give you a list of five things right now. Number one, set goals that inspire you. All right, remember we we think big, but we we act small. So um, set a challenge out there that you'd like to do. But part of that challenge as well is actually speaking to your coach. I, I, you know, I can't emphasize enough uh, how coaches help or coming to see someone like me, even from a, the psychological perspective. You know, it's, it's always interesting. People try to buy motivation. I don't know about you, right? But I've got three bikes in the shed that are worth four grand a pop. And I'm not saying that to kind of go, oh, look at him with his four grand bike. And he's still terrible. Um, the reason why I mention that is because a lot of times we, we try to buy motivation. We go out and we say, oh, if only I had a new bike and oh, I'll get the new bike and oh, it's great. But a four grand bike is the same value to you after a few weeks because you just get used to it. And so what we need to actually do sometimes is to invest in ourselves, whether that's in our mental fitness or mental skills training or in the actual physical training. So I think getting a coach on board, it's, it's my number one um, thing that I would be looking at doing and, and creating the goals around that. Then creating the small habits. Um, okay, so if you want to get out on your bike, we know that the hardest thing to do is actually physically get on the bike. And if we want to create a new habit, what you've got to do is reduce the friction. I would recommend to people, by the way, if you're looking for a stock and filler this year uh, from Santa, ask Santa to bring you the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. All right, it's a brilliant little book. And so James Clear talks a lot about habits and stuff, and I would definitely recommend that. But in terms of getting on the bike, what you need to have is you need to have your gear ready for you. If, you're, if you have to get up and find your gear before you actually get on the bike, that's going to slow you down. That creates friction. And if you want to create a good habit, you want to make it as easy to do as possible. Going back to uh, Simon Baker, who did the marathon on the crutches, 
one of the things that we put in place was that each time he did his training session, he came in, he had a shower, he threw his gear, his dirty gear into the wash, and he put his new gear out beside the bed for the next day. So that when he would fall out of bed, he'd fall into his gear. Sometimes you just need to do that. So when you fall into your, your training gear every day, it makes things a little bit easier. So what are the small habits that you're going to do on a daily basis in order to do it? Um, do you know there's something that we ban when we're doing fitness testing? Because I love sports science. Right? So my background's in sports science. Anything to do with science is great. But when we are fitness testing somebody in the gym, one of the things that we absolutely ban is music. And the reason why we ban music is because it can give you anywhere from a 10 to 15% boost in performance. So I would say to people, create playlists. I, I have playlists for my life. In other words, I've got a playlist for me going in and sitting down and having to write something because I don't particularly like writing. So I have to create habits around sitting down to become a writer. And a part of that is putting on a playlist specific to that. And then I have a playlist for my training on the bike. And I've got a playlist for what I like listening to when I'm actually in the gym doing weights. And so create playlists. And music is a, is a brilliant one. Uh, another one, join a, join a group. Um, you know, you just can't beat being part of a group. What, you know, when things are going against us a little bit and, you know, life is hectic and, you know, it's hard to, to get trained. One of the first things that we tend to do is withdraw. So if you've got an injury, we tend to withdraw away from the club or our friends. That makes sense? Yeah. So one of the things that we need to do is to keep in with that group. So I always say to people, if you do have an injury... Make sure you, you're, you're still hanging out with your mates or, or talking to your mates, even if you're talking to them about how their training is going. So keep in with uh, a group. And I think if you do those things where you get a coach, you set your goals, uh, you create the small habits on a daily basis, you create your playlist and you make sure that you're part of a group, um, you know, or at least getting in touch with some of your friends. I think those five things alone will actually keep you going keep you moving forward so for me um there would be the top five things on my list but number one is always going to be what habits do you want to change and i and i do a whole system with people so when a client comes into me and sits down for the first time we look at what habits they've got in place what what do you want to set what's your goal and what are the actions that we can do on a daily basis that we need to do in order to, to get to that goal and then how can we minimize the friction? How can we make it so easy to do those habits on a daily basis that you don't even have to think about it? And after a few weeks, you're just doing it automatically. You're not even thinking about it. So you're not waiting for motivation. You've got this uh, habit process or system in place uh, that allows you to do it. Fantastic. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I just, I love having you on. It's, it's incredible because I always, uh, I always find something, uh, you always teach me something, which is great. Um, so Al, about the process, what can you tell us? Is there anything else you'd like to add on that? Yeah, the last little thing is, remember why you got into it in the first place. Sometimes what happens is we, we start a new exercise program and it's, it's all great and we're really enjoying cycling. And then we take it way too serious where we think, you know, if we miss a training session today, it's going to be terrible. I, I, I'll tell you a little story, right? I was working with a football team one time and we were out under the floodlights. Oh, man, there's nothing like standing out in the middle of a football pitch under the floodlights on a January night, right? And it's cold. And the guys, we have them doing some sprints and stuff, but they're just not putting it in. It's just lacking something. 
And I brought them all into the center of the pitch. And I said, you know what, lads, we're under a serious amount of pressure this year because they had been beaten in the final of uh, the championship the year before. We were coming into it almost as favorites for this year. So there was pressure on their shoulders. And, and they just weren't, they didn't seem to have that motivation, that bite that we needed. So I pulled them into the center of the pitch. And I said, I want you to look at something for me. I want you to look at that kid who's down at the goalpost, right? And so you had this kid, he was about eight, nine years of age, this, little, this child down in the goalpost. And all he's doing is he's kicking the ball into the net and he runs in after, he grabs the ball, he brings it back out, puts it on the spot and he drives it again as hard as he possibly can. He runs back in, he grabs the ball and he just keeps doing it. And why is he doing it? Because he's just loving it. And I said, you know what? We've forgotten why we're doing this. From now on, all our sessions are going to be based on how much fun can we have in these sessions, even the, the tough ones. And so going back to basics, I think, is also something for people to remember. Why did you get into cycling in the first place? What is it that you just enjoy about it? And I think that's really important. So I'm just going to just leave it at that, really, in terms of the, uh, the motivation. Just remember why you, you got into it. Go back to being what it's like to be a kid for the first time. And you got your bike, whether it was Santa that brought it to you or someone gave you a, a, a bike when you were a kid. And you just got out and you just loved the freedom of riding your bike. Go back to that. Fantastic. I love that. And uh, we're giving all our listeners license to be children here. So uh, <laughs> hopefully it's we won't Christmas get any lawsuits. <laughs> so Al, uh, all that's left really for us now to do is to, to set up the challenge. Now, uh, we've obviously discussed this and uh, uh, we think that obviously motivation, it, it, one of the biggest parts of this, and one of the, one of the bits that I love most was uh, hanging some pictures of uh, of ourselves. So, listeners, uh, we're gonna we're gonna challenge you to to join us in two ways on this. Uh, we're either gonna have you to uh, post a picture of yourself, like this is uh, maybe you've just completed a race or uh, uh, your first century or anything along that. There's something that motivates you. It's not it's not for everybody else, but it's something that when you look at. You, you get that passion inside you. And we want you to post that to our uh, Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group uh, in the week leading after this uh, after this podcast. And what we do, we might, we might be able to put something together as a giveaway for the person who has the best story or the best picture. Uh, and uh, if you're not comfortable with that or you're not on Facebook, um, then we challenge you to, to print some pictures and maybe hang them in places where you need that motivation. Uh, and that might come in, in the form of your, your trainer when you're... Uh, after a long day of work and you need that extra boost you see the picture and it inspires you to get on your turbo trainer and knock out that session or maybe that's near the fridge or the snack drawer uh so that you don't have that uh, extra bit of chocolate or something how does that sound al that sounds brilliant man that's exactly what i would do it's just get those photos that we spoke about earlier on that inspire you the achievements that you've had and places that you might want to go something that inspires you to jump on your bike what absolutely are Fantastic. And so, listeners, uh, at least the minimum you should do is try and do that on your own at home and uh, uh, and have a little think about exactly how you feel when you see those pictures. But we would love it. We would really love it if you would post it to our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group too. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we can put together a little prize, which uh, maybe, Alan, you'd be so kind as to give away uh, a couple of the modules from your going into the zone or into the zone um, uh, mental uh, fitness uh, course uh, and maybe we will spokes give away a personalised training plan as well Alan it's been an absolute pleasure mate I've loved it man 
Thanks very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. It is. And uh, listeners, Alan will be back in the future uh, with a uh, what to do uh, when you have a bad race or your training isn't going as well as uh, possible episode. So make sure if you're not already a subscriber that you do subscribe. Uh, We'll have uh, lots of other people in between as well. So uh, some incredible content coming up and planned. Uh, If you've uh, enjoyed the podcast, please do make sure you share it with your friends and uh, leave us a, a little comment or a a like or a review uh, depending on on what platform you are listening on again alan thank you very much it's been a pleasure and my name is pav bryan i'm performance director and co-founder here at spokes and you have been listening to be spoked